You're listening to My Unlived Life, a podcast about the path not taken. I'm Miriam Robinson. A few years ago, my life fell apart in pretty dramatic fashion, and I found myself feeling that somewhere I'd made a wrong turn. I suddenly felt very far from home and family, and felt even farther from myself. I began to wonder, what if I had done things differently? We don't like to ask this question. It threatens to trap us in the past without a map back to the here and now. So I decided to make the map. Each episode, I interview someone about another course their lives could have taken. We begin at the point where their paths diverged and together, step-by-step, we imagine ourselves into the lives they never lived. Because these lives have a lot to teach us about ourselves, if we let them. For this episode, I spoke to Chris Houghton. Chris is an Irish designer and illustrator and the acclaimed picture book author of family favorites, A Bit Lost. Shh, we have a plan. Good night, everyone. Don't worry, little crab. Maybe. And oh no, George, which celebrated its 10th anniversary this year. His new book, Well Done, Mummy Penguin, will be published in October. Chris's books have won prestigious awards across the world, from the Ezra Jack Keats New Illustrator Award to the Irish Children's Book of the Year, and most recently, Oscar's Book Prize. He's sold over 2 million copies of his picture books, and they've been published into 26 languages. Originally from Dublin, Chris now lives in London. When we spoke, Chris and I discussed what his life might have looked like if he hadn't been fired from the animation studio where he worked at the start of his career, and therefore not been forced into trying to make his way as a professional illustrator. Along the way, we discussed the history of animation, how editing is good practice for children's storytelling, and what it takes to carve your own path. Hi, Chris. Hi, Miriam. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you so much for joining me on My Unlived Life. I'm dying to tell my little girl that I've been talking to you because obviously I like many children, I'm sure. Um, oh No George, which is having its 10th anniversary this year, is, well, it was just a staple in our household when she was little. But the other reason I'm I'm really pleased about having you here is because we were having an interesting chat before today about sort of what it means to explore an unlived life and the sort of what if questions. Um you know, that that your life is good and that you are totally inclined to sort of, as you said, pull it apart. But I do um, want you to just maybe say a little bit about your life as it stands, what you're up to, where you are. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. As I was saying, I mean, I, um, I feel very lucky uh, to be doing kind of what I'm doing now. I'm going to um, go from the beginning. So I, I, I grew up in Ireland, um, okay. um, in Dublin. And like a lot of illustrators, uh, loved drawing and, and, you know, that was my thing. I, I was always drawing and drawing for my friends and stuff like that. So I w- always kind of wanted to go to art college or do something with the, the art and went to art college. And that was another sort of pivot point, actually. I was kind of deciding whether to, to do like fine art, like sort of painting or, or, or become a, you know, um, an artist or with a capital uh, A (laughs) (laughs) Uh, or, um, graphic design and graphic design seemed to be, (laughs) seemed to be like, you could actually get a job at the end of it. So I, (laughs) I, I, um, I thought that that, that's probably, um, the safer option. And so I did that. I'd done four years of sort of graphic design and stuff like that. I kind of wanted to just go away and do uh anything so uh myself and um a couple of friends went to hong kong and worked teaching english uh, and and stuff like that when i was in hong kong i was trying to kind of get like bits of work um illustration work so i was taking my portfolio around and was managing to get a few little illustration jobs which was great I tra- traveled around again after that year in 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 Hong Kong um ran out of money went back to Ireland uh and as soon as I kind of got back to Ireland I thought oh I I, I don't want I don't, why did I come home <laughs> 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 um 
Um, I, I'd run out of money. Oh, I think but, that's the reason. That's the why you came home was you ran out of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, oh, you know. Um, I, I, I had some friends in, in, in London from, from the Hong Kong trip. Uh, you know, we were living in a hostel actually for six months. We met loads of people. So I moved over to, to London as soon as I got sort of some money. In Hong Kong, it was really easy to get illustration jobs because of the sort of novelty of they were keen to to invite us into to um you know magazines and and ad agencies and stuff in london it was just it seemed like completely closed like i was calling up the like Sachi and Sachi, that was one of the first, you know, because I I got work in in Hong Kong, Sachi and Sachi, and I was like, "Hi, could I speak to the um, head art director, please?" And they were like, "No, Who you are absolutely you? cannot." <laughs> like, no, like, and I was like, "What? Why not? I'm an illustrator. Like, you know, maybe we can make an appointment. Uh, you know, they said just um, hand your portfolio in, uh, and you know, we can look at it at our own time." And I wasn't even allowed to go in the front. <laughs> you can go, go in the front of Sachi and Sachi. <laughs> well, I had to go in the back um, where all the couriers uh, were going. And I, I gave it to a guy and there was just a big wall of portfolios. And I gave it to the guy and he was like, okay, yeah. And then, okay, that's it. And, and then, he put uh, it on like the monster wall of portfolios never to yeah. be seen again. So, uh, yeah. So th- then... Um, after I discovered actually how difficult it really is. Um, I, and I, I was doing also sort of very funny, silly jobs. I was uh, um, the handyman in Paddington Station. Um, I used what? to go around. Like fixing stuff in Paddington. <laughs> um, but like, I was like, but it was through an agency. And I was like, I don't really know very much about tools or anything. And they were like, <laughs> don't worry, it's fine. You know. Um, any problems that just call the engineer <laughs> did you manage to fix things did you break things did you make it I, worse i i i oiled a few hinges thankfully i had nothing to do with the tubes or anything. <laughs> so i did that for a few months um at this great job right next to um the british museum and um my job was just making tea and coffee and and leaving it out side um outside the british people oh, no, right. no 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 like it was an office it was a big head office thing and I, I just had to get a trolley and leave tea and coffee like a you know just like uh, a little arrive. tray yeah, yeah and 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 then take whatever was there so nobody ever really saw me and i every morning they'd have a kind of a sheet of like what uh 20 coffees and 30 teas or something like that. And like, you just make, make a big thermos and just put it there and with all the, the plates and, and, and biscuits. And bi- <laughs> of course, biscuits. <laughs> but I love this thing that you couldn't be seen. It's like you, the, you're like the coffee ghost. Like they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Just right. Oh, oh, look, our coffee is here. How did the, you know? Um, and, oh. and, but like, I, I would look at the thing and go, Oh, well, I've got a big two hour gap there. And I would just go into the British Museum. That's <laughs> it was brilliant. I, I like. I know the British Museum inside out. It's I've literally read every single little thing. Um, I I, I brought, bought a guide to the British Museum. Um, and I was just in and out and just going. This is amazing. And um, that's incredible. It, yeah. Do you think that sort of informed your artistic sensibility at all? All of those. Well, it's I'm I'm actually doing a um um a non-fiction book, which is quite different from from the other books um um at the moment. Um, so it's for for older children. It's a kind of history going from sort of you know five million years ago to to now. You know, the, sort of the spark of the idea came came from that uh, that great job. It was the most relaxing job. I I. I <laughs> Drank coffee and ate biscuits. During this time, we were when you were doing all these odd jobs in London. You're also illustrating and trying to get into graphic design. I wasn't so much trying to get into graphic design. I, I, I when I came back to Dublin, I worked in in graphic design. I actually had a really a fantastic uh, graphic design job, which um, it was for a music venue. My friend got me it. Um, 
he was working there full time and he, he was um, he was too busy and he asked, could he get someone else in? So I was working for this music venue, which is really one of Ireland's sort of best music venue, Vicar Street, it's called. And we were doing sort of the posters and press ads for that. And I only had to work from one to six in the afternoon. <laughs> so what a life. Yeah, that that was that. Yeah. So um, and I got free tickets to not just Vicar Street things, but any concert at all in, in Dublin. Um, you know, I could sort of get tickets for. Um, I kind of knew at that stage I didn't really want to be a graphic designer. Uh, How old were you at that stage? Um, I was about 25, 20, yeah, 20, 25, 26. Um, so I, I had left college. I'd um, been in Hong Kong for just over a year, traveled around for another six months, come back to Ireland, uh, worked for a year, and then was in London um and I, I I think I spent about six months in London um you know doing these random jobs and trying to get illustration work before I got this great job in uh animation studio ah the animation studio yeah this is our this is our pivot point this is our pivot point yeah so you're living in London and you're at an animation, you're working at this amazing animation studio and you're now what you're, so you're sort of 20, still 25, 26. Yeah. Um, I think I was 26, 27. You described it to me as your dream job or it was what you then thought was your dream job. What, what was it? Why was it so wonderful? Yeah. Well, so um, when I was growing up in Ireland and um, when I was in art college and stuff like that, you'd occasionally see like a brilliant ad or some sort of amazing piece of animation or something like that. And we'd be like, wow. So I remember when we were in um, art college um, the orange mobile phone ads came out and they were really just mad. Like um, they were all animated and, and they were really cool. And I was like, wow. So the, these were just so kind of off the wall um, ads that, you know, we did, it, it, they just looked amazing. That I hadn't seen anything kind of like it before. And and then when I got to London, I, I, um, another friend was working in Studio AK and I hadn't much experience about animation or, or anything like that. But um, um, this friend was like, oh, I've seen AKA's stuff. It's amazing. And, and they had... The website then and it was all of the the work that I'd seen growing up and it, it was all done by one studio and I was like oh mm. my god that's oh I, w- I want to work in there oh my like so I went in and um I got the job as a as a runner um, so I was I, I, I was making tea and coffee. Again. I was going to say, were you the coffee ghost again? This is amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was so good at making tea and coffee. It was that uh, was like you know, your CV was like you know that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Years um, of coffee making experience. Got, got promote. You know, you know. Um, um, they promoted no, I, you I, up from from paper cups to proper mugs. That was yeah, like the big yeah. Step. Well, like the technology, obviously for for animation has changed. Um, just completely changed like since the you know 70s or or um 80s it used to be they would um they would shoot everything on on film and then the runner would take that film and bring it to like they they had a, a, a few negative labs um in soho you'd like literally run down to 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 take it to the lab to to get it and the the runner then could in the evenings or whatever have a practice on on this extremely expensive machine and actually learn how to animate that was oh. the only way of learning animation the only way into the industry was by doing this runner route um and now that's completely you know the, uh obsolete and they still somehow have these runners who don't really do anything except for making tea and coffee. Um, so you were a runner with nowhere to or nothing to run, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but it was just a sort of standard thing. It it was a kind of a way to um, 
bring someone in who you weren't completely sure was um <laughs> uh was a good employee and just, just sort of test them out a little bit yeah. and um um and th- and then sort of fit them into a spot in the studio that was kind of the the thinking behind it so you got your um you started as a runner but you didn't you didn't get to have the fun bonus of um <laughs> of practicing on the mega machines at night. So, so, but you clearly made yourself indispensable with something other than tea and coffee. I was doing all the running runner things and then we would do pitches. Um, so anytime, uh, uh, a job came along, everyone in, in, in the, or anyone who, who was available in the studio would, um, pitch, to it so you know it, it would be a script would come in and then you go oh well you know i could do a character like this and uh, whatever and um I, I i won one of those pitches and and it was developed and so i you know i was kind of busy doing that and and you know it was reasonably su- successful at that um and then i kind of got um one of the things i was doing i was sort of creating dvds for aka so just basically I had a, a graphic design ability, so I was sort of creating the the DVD from their films where you, you can choose, you know, play this, play that, play that. Um, so just the sort of user interface. I couldn't animate. I mean, I had no animation experience and I was working in... <laughs> the animation studio. Well, it was pretty much, yeah. There was only 15 animators, you know, in, in the in the studio and there was I think three of them had been nominated for an Oscar <laughs> like it was unbelievable the talent is just extraordinary what was so good for me was you know I I, I was I got a lot of practice sort of doing illustrations um, up, up to that point and but I was pretty much working on my own and then suddenly I was sort of in this studio with 15 um, or more people and everyone was really sort of the 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 top of the game and and um, you know I like I got to learn about so many different sort of like picture books and uh, sort of illustrators and, and animators and filmmakers and um, it felt like kind of the epicenter uh, of sort of the the industry that I kind of wanted to get into so, sort of telling stories they would do things like okay so we have this minute um uh animation let's we'll do we'll cut it down to 20 seconds and then we'll do a 10 second version as well and and you're like how like that you know I mean you'll ruin the story th- that is it's impossible like how 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 do we do that? And then you realize, my goodness, like the 10 second version works the best because it's the punchiest. It just sort of thought alone, it just really changed my whole, like that it was possible, you know, like if, um, if I didn't have that experience and, you know, say I was working doing picture books or, or, or whatever. Um, and someone said, go, can you, um have the amount of pages in that i'd be like no and but <laughs> after working there i would say well yeah i could tr- i could try and um you know then there's it's quite likely that it's going to work and it's quite likely that it, it's going to actually really improve it and so that that's so fascinating in terms yeah. of yeah just in terms of thinking about your books and how utterly succinct and sort of punchy into the point i mean and it's perfect for children's storytelling it's wonderful yeah, yeah. A, a, a lot of that came from the, you know, and it's sort of a, animation t- techniques, uh, really. It just sounds, the whole experience sounds so formative. And we are, um, I, I want to, um, I want to get to the sort of core of what we're doing here. We are, we are right in the animation studio, which um, we've decided is your moment of pivot, your moment of, of what if. Um, so, before we start down your path, obviously we need to know. So something happens. So you're living, you're working at this animation studio, and you're loving it, and it's extremely rich and fulfilling, and you're learning so much. And then something happens. What happened? Well, I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I didn't really get fired. I mean, 
they had a high turnover of um people there was people going left right and center that was sort of how they operated on such a high creative level really yeah it was really it was such a shock to me i like i'd never thought that was possible there wasn't just really anything i you know was kind of useful for me to do in there but i was having so much fun and it, it was <laughs> so inspiring you know and any other job or whatever, you know, you, you work out a month or you, you know, do, and I was just, oh, right. Yeah. You were just finished and you're living just, in London and, and yeah, I, you I had was to living, figure out what to do. Yeah, I was living in London. It, I, I remember it was a Thursday because <laughs> um, there was the, there used to be, well, there still is sort of, you know, the art opening things on Thursday nights. Um, yes. And uh, I was living in, actually, I was living in Regent Studios r- right next to Broadway Market. Um, in this, it was actually really amazing art art studios um, thing. So it was, and there was about seven of us in this one unit. So it was a big um, house share. And I got back, and um, there's uh, f- French graphic designer Mada and um I was like oh Mada I've just uh oh, got flipping fired from my job and I was I really liked it in there and uh, what am I going to do and she she said th- this thing of um well you know um maybe it's the best thing that, that could ever happen and I was like oh <laughs> come on you know pull the other one thanks and for then, that Mada yeah yeah and then, then she said come on let's um let's go out to the first thursday thing or whatever you know and and then we got um went out to and got absolutely smashed <laughs> of course as you um, well should have yeah yeah on, on all the the free booze in in the exhibitions and it was it was a lovely night what you ultimately had to do is you had to figure out what you were going to do and how you were going to make it work and it sounds like this was sort of when your career as an illustrator proper sort of got going yeah. right? so well this is the thing so the thought of actually like getting my CV out and applying for another job in, you know, one of the rival animation studios that wasn't quite as good, um, (laughs) (laughs) in my opinion, (laughs) um, was just too annoying to think about. At the time as well, I mean, I, I, I was getting, um, you know, an amount of, of, of illustration work, which I had been doing in the evenings and, and the weekends while I was working at a- AKA. So I just put everything I had into, um, into making my illustrations work for me. And, and, and I just, you know, redid my, my portfolio. Um, I sort of spruced up my website I was given a bit of money by AKA, you know, when, when they let me go. And um, I had saved, a, you know, I think it was like 10,000 or something like that, which was actually it was kind of okay uh, back then. And I wasn't really spending very much money. So, so I thought, well, you know, this will give me like at least six months or so. I remember my money was sort of going down and down and down. And it was sort of... <laughs> <laughs> like d- down like you know i've got absolutely no money and i went along for with no money at all just being able to pay rent for uh quite a long time mm. and then then it it, it 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 started going up and i was like oh i'm i'm actually managing somehow you know just like i'm um, treading water just um what an amazing feeling that must have been how do you think you kept your nerve uh, well, just thinking about making that CV was um, and tr- trying to get a job. Uh, I was just like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. Right. I, the alternative was just too awful. Just literally. Yeah, I love yeah. that the idea of the CV is what is really ultimately what um, what yeah, has yeah. turned you into an illustrator. Just never, ever make me make a CV. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in fairness, I I never really liked jobs. I, I mean, who does? But like, you know, it. <laughs> I'm much happier when I, I'm, you know, able to do my own thing and at my own times. Well, so, okay. So I want to get us on our path, which, um, so we want to kind of go back to that moment 
where you get fired right mm-hmm. because and because essentially what we're saying is that like if you hadn't been fired it's very likely that possibly you wouldn't have you would have stayed well we'll find out but you wouldn't have maybe gone down the path that's led you to become such a successful author and illustrator let's attempt to see what happens so you you go into work um in real life you went into work and they called you into the office and they said you know there's not actually a place for you here anymore we're really sorry clean out your desk yeah and your coffee um (laughs) uh so now we're gonna go the other way so that just doesn't happen for whatever reason they they fire the other guy yeah maybe they take me in the room and they they offer me a rise maybe that (laughs) let's do that let's do that it goes completely the other way so i you know if, if if i'd stayed there i i i was really keen to do a pitch um that was really sort of um unique and kind of out there because what what happens is um there's all these animators and they all pitch on 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 the, the job and you can kind of guess what the what the client wants and you can sort of just do exactly what they want and you there's a good chance that you would um get the job and then you get to direct that commercial but i i always went uh think of the wackiest thing so all of my pitches were i put a lot of work into them but they were sort of um unlikely to be chosen but if they were chosen they would be like really something special and might might win an an award that's the sort of route that i was trying to to go on so if i stayed there for long enough i think one of those things might have actually happened <laughs> i don't know if you can but can you think of what the ad might have been i i actually did um the one that i got um asked to do i think it was john john lewis uh, one it, it was quite, quite an artsy thing it was this um it was all black and then there was um all the elements were quite abstract and in color so they they made up a room and then and then there was this box and all, all of these th- um, shapes came out of the box and they formed different sort of products and stuff. So it was very, very graphic, mm. almost like a like a 1950s sort of Saul Bass poster so become animated sort of thing. So that 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 was the sort of thing that um, I would have loved to do where, you know, you just go, wow, what 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 is that? That looks uh, like a really nice graphic design poster kind of animated that that was the sort of thing i was i was going for and then uh, often if it's a sort of successful ad then they might sort of do billboards and stuff with that and then Mm. other um uh, uh branding agencies would would say oh wow you know can can we get chris to do you know our whatever the shop fronts of, of, you know, uh, another competitor of, of John Lewis or something like that. And, and, and you, you sort of get to do, um, that, that's kind of how, how the commercial illustration animation world works. You know, you put something nice out there that catches everyone's eye and, and, um, is successful and, um, and then you're trying to like everyone wants to emulate that and they get you again and you you get paid more (laughs) is this what happens with you so you you kind of you you get you land your first pitch you don't get fired you land your first pitch um you get to make it for somebody let's say john lewis-esque um and then is that what happens next as you start to become a bit more in demand with other brand agencies yeah yeah um sometimes a young um um animator w- would would get to do an ad and it was very successful and um has sort of developed this a- animation style and then um there's lots of like animation festivals um and at that time it was there was lots of music videos um and but the music videos would pay almost nothing you know so um if you were a young animator um, working in AKA and you, you, you know, they might say, okay, well this uh, job has come in to, to, to make this music video. We'll assign you to do that. And then, um, and you, you know, you have to do it 
in a very short period of time and um, because it's it's paid so um little but this is your sort of, and, and you, you get to do really exactly what you want then and, and that makes it you know you, you you're in that way you're sort of developing your your portfolio you're developing the way you animate and you get to go then and go to the festival in you know wherever right. it was somewhere in europe or america whatever and maybe present a little bit about your work or something like that so th- there was a lot of that and that, that was um it was just a way of sort of get, getting further into the industry and and getting your work out there and um that sort of thing so i i i, I could see something like that happen you do something like that maybe you travel a little bit for work and they'd take you somewhere right you get to go to one of these festivals um, yeah that, that would be i would definitely say yes to that, that okay I, you're gonna I, do I, some traveling where are you gonna go <laughs> what festival are you going to oh yeah wow i get to choose where yeah what does it feel uh, like uh well I, I i guess um the ultimate festival um at that time was pictoplasma in berlin um, okay so that you know if you got why was it, it the ultimate? What was so well? It's it? they, they're still they're amazing. They're just the way it's curated. It's 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 really an interesting animation, and it's probably um the the most famous an, animation sort of festival in the world. Okay, so um, you get to go to Pictoplasma with work. Yeah, they fly, that, that, they fly you to Berlin. They fly me to Berlin, and I present my my work. I'd be very nervous. Oh yeah. Um about presenting. That was one thing that I kind of ha- had to overcome with um my picture book stuff. Once you you do um a book, um you're sort of asked to promote it and and yeah. um, you know they they say oh there's a book festival, do you want to do that? Um here's 150 children and you've got an hour. Off you go. <laughs> children for an hour is a really tough audience that's yeah, like, yeah i think yeah. anyone would be afraid of that that's scary oh i know i know and they 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 crawl up on the stage and they you know <laughs> they run off and you know did you have a fear of public speaking or just yeah a, well I, actually yeah. the the first talk i did was actually before my book came out it was in um 2009 um there was an amazing um uh, festival set up it was the first year of this festival and they got like some of the top names it was they, they had peter blake um david shrigley and then they had me I, I i couldn't say no to it because it was just such a op- amazing opportunity but i was just absolutely terrified i i, I literally i didn't sleep at all the the night before oh. so i i was like um but it was um amazing after i finished it i just was so <laughs> pleased with myself i only messed up the first bit um and but after that I, I i really i quite enjoyed it i feel very comfortable sort of doing those talks now i really i don't really get nervous i, I think it would be even more difficult like you know if i was invited to pictoplasma as part of aka yeah um, I'd feel kind of it would be quite difficult to do a talk because you, you you would have to have some amount of professionalism because you know <laughs> you're also your boss would be there as well yeah and um you know you couldn't really be completely me do you manage it would you have managed it I, I I would have managed it yeah you do it well done congratulations thank you thank you've you. conquered your fear of public speaking. <laughs> Years ahead of time. Um, okay, so then what? So then does anything else happen in Berlin or you come back and you keep working? It could go a number of ways. I mean, I'd love to make, you know, um, maybe like a TV series or, or a, like a, well, probably I'll start off with um, some short animations. And, okay. and um, you know, that's something that, that I, I still kind of want to do uh myself in 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 this life but i i i I would have kind of more options to to do it there in the animation studio like sometimes they would say okay well you know we don't have any work this month um 
who has an idea to do, you know, we can do some, um, you know, try and develop something and then sell it to, to the BBC or, 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 or something like that. And actually, um, one of my best friends from AKA, um, uh, Grant, he came up with, um, a series called Hey Dougie. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I like how you're saying that. Like, I might not have heard of it. It's amazing. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes, well, I know. Hey, Dougie. I'm, yeah. So, um, and that's been incredibly successful. So, th- And that, that was born out of that same kind of animation studio. We've just got a lull. Let's kick some ideas around kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that was entirely produced by AKA. Yeah. Isn't that so, amazing? It's amazing in terms of just thinking a lot recently about kind of creativity and how important it is especially within organizations and how important it is to make space for it and to allocate space for just sort of nonsense thinking for a little while and it's so difficult to do and it's so obviously important yeah i i I read that um one of the guys from pixar um wrote a book is it creativity incorporated i think and my my friend recommend I I was actually asked to to do a talk in Pixar uh, a few years ago, and um this book was recommended to me uh, to you know read before and I, um I read the book and I was like wow this is it's amazing and the whole mm. um studio looks like a, a an Apple store like it's incredible um mm. but I don't think. Like from chatting to you know the the random sort of Pixar um, um, animators that that I met after my talk and stuff, they were all kind of frustrated in a way that you know you're always going to be a kind of a cog, yeah, in a, in a massive machine in in that, in that sort of thing. You're never going to be able to sort of um, do exactly what 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 you want. Overall, I just yeah much prefer the the this uh, being a like freelance illustrator and, and 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 whatever. So in in your unlived life, where you've 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 gotten some space now, you've come back from Berlin, you've gotten some space, um, and you get a little chance to test out some animations. Do any of them take off? Yeah, well, I'd like to think that um, I would at some point. I would, um, you know, take a summer off or something like that, try and um, come up with a little story and then pitch it to AKA and, and they go, oh, yeah, we could, we could do that. And, um, and then get a little short, you know, that they, they would allocate me some time and, and, you know, someone to animate, help me animate and, and stuff. And then I would make a little, animated short um something can you like think that. of can you think of what it's about what's your animated uh, short a, a about? little lost owl maybe I I, I I i don't know where my thinking was when i was in ak wasn't to do with sort of um children's stuff it was more like artsy animation for adults really we would be sort of animating for other animators which is is the wrong thing to do really that's as an animator, that's just kind of what you want to do because um, well, wow, you're all just do... checking each other out, basically. <laughs> well, no, I, I mean, you know, you love animation and you just want to make a really interesting animation, but to the general public, they're like, "What is that? Like, what? What is that?" <laughs> so you, so that, and that means okay. So that means that your animation, whatever you make, is probably not about a little lost owl. It's something a little bit more grown up, maybe. Um, yeah, it would be some sort of really artsy animation that you'd see at an animation festival definitely and uh, it gets picked up by somebody or it goes to a festival i would want it to be sort of um um picked up and go around all the festivals and then maybe get like some band that i really like or or to want to to me to do their music video and okay. um i i do that so you stick, you stick with the studio, you start doing more artsy animations, you start working for, for bands maybe and doing their videos. Are you still um, living with, what was it, six other people um, off Broadway Market? 
Yeah, well, I ended up living in that place for 15 years. Um, but that was by necessity, right? Because you were a starving yeah, artist. Yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, yeah, it was it was fun though. That's I can't. Yeah, it, it it was it was difficult to do. We kind of had this outside toilet thing, um, and it, yeah, yeah. So like, it was rented as a factory unit, like as a shell, just nothing in there except for like a, a sort of a sink there was 56 of these factory units all together um in one big thing and everybody there, there was you know at least three or four or five people uh living in each one so there was hundreds of um sort of kind of artists and and musicians and uh everyone was trying to do some you know do something kind of creative in there so it was just an amazing um kind of networking thing and 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 it was just fun like it was um so yeah i i i i think i would have stayed put yeah yeah where does it go from there in the sense that you've been doing this now for uh, your your career is evolving as an animator you're doing this stuff for the bands you're staying in your amazingly bohemian factory (laughs) flat which sounds very romantic, but actually involves you like doing your hair in the dark and going to the toilet outside, but is still deli- is amazing. Um, and then what? Then what? You know, it, it, well, how does your career evolve from there, or how I, does your personal life evolve from that? That's the other thing. I suppose, like for for me to to want to stay, like if 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 they offered, um, you know, we do this animation then maybe get to do a series, then I, I, I definitely stay, you know, this is an amazing opportunity. And there was actually um, a number of my friends sort of took that path in, in AKA. So you think you would have, you know, they would have developed something of yours that was in, into a series. Are you doing any illustration of your own on the side still or anything like that? Um, if it got really interesting in, in AKA and I was doing like, you know, my own music videos and, and, and mm. this sort of thing, I, I would go, okay, I, you know, I'm concentrating on this now and, and yeah, I would stop doing the, the illustration and I suppose then that would cut off any options of sort of really le- leaving the, the animation world, you know, because then I'd, I'd have to start from scratch. So then I'd be embedded in in the animation world and I would, it would be, the choice would just be about, you know, should I leave AKA and should I go to another animation studio or should I probably more likely set up my own animation studio? Mm -hmm. Um, And a a few friends in that I was with in AKA did that. Um, I mean, it was, they they had small studios, but, um, and two of them, um, I don't know if you know um, Benji Davies and Jim yes. Field. Um, Benji worked with me in AKA and Jim didn't actually work in AKA. He, he was sort of freelancing. But a- after Benji got fired from AKA, <laughs> <laughs> um, him and Jim set up a little animation studio called Fraser Films. And then they got they got an agent, like an animation agent, and they were directing uh, all sorts of like music videos, it, it, like you know, a, a lot of what we've sort of described. So you think you might do something similar and set up your own agency? Okay. They've both since become picture book authors and illustrators. Yeah, the, the three of us are often we go into a uh, a bookshop and we see our books side by side the three of us it's kind of mad that uh that could how happen. did how did you get into illustrating for children in the real world what shifted it so i left aka in 2005 i think and mm. um and then i was working for several years d- doing illustration and i was you know doing reasonably well um and doing ad campaigns and and um but you know as an illustrator you're always you're the last one to be called in there is a some amount of creativity there but you know you're sort of um 
you're not coming up with the ideas and not um no you're executing somebody else's vision right? yeah yeah that's really fun to do um uh, to, to begin with but um as you work doing that you kind of think you 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 know which ones work and which ones don't work and from almost the get go like you're like oh that's a great ad that that will really work i can't wait to do this so th- that that sense is sort of developed at the beginning you don't see any you know oh this could work and oh that that might work so um if you've done that many times you'll see immediately wh- which one's going to work and which one's not and that gives you a good sense of, you know, what would work as a picture book. You're kind of, um, you kind of already know how to communicate with te- text and images. Right. And you've, ne- and you've developed this ability to be really, really succinct, haven't you? And this ability to sort of boil down concepts into their sort of core essence from, from all of the animating. I, I Like I got into um picture books because I, I i wanted a kind of a vehicle for my illustration i just wanted a, the chance to to get to do you know a whole load of um nice illustrations and put them all together in a book okay but the 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 funnest part about doing that now is the coming up with the ideas because you just don't know which way it's going to go. It's the sort of exciting part because you can kind of go, okay, well, it'll, I'll do it in these sort of colors and then I'll do the character like that. You kind of know how it's going to pan out, but the exciting part is, you know, the coming up with the story part. What's your process for coming up with a story? Is it, do you just sit back in your chair and chew on your pen and wait till it comes to you? Or what's your, I, I have tried that. Um, um, not very successfully. It, 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 it tends to be just, you know, out of the blue. I mean, you always have to do the, the sitting at a desk, chewing pen, you know, and you, you, you sort of have some sort of bones of an idea and then you're working it out and then you leave it and then you go off and do something and then something else is added. So there's all, it's, it's always a lot of back and forth, but, um, Like each book has come from a different thing. I did one called Shh, We Have a Plan. It was kind of from the Roadrunner cartoons. Like um, I just love the idea of, you know, trying to do like have a plan and it looks like the plan is going to work. And then when you turn the page, the plan hasn't worked and, you know, something else has happened. So that was sort of the, the essence of, the idea for for that book and it, actually all of all of the books are based on this sort of page turn what does that mean it's based on a page turn so you're you're looking at a double page spread and and you know you're expecting one thing to happen and then when you turn the page something else happens um so it's, there's a sort of a theater thing there where you know there's expectation and then there's you know uh Will, will this happen or will that happen? And that really is a, a sort of a visual way of telling the story. And it, it always comes from like two, two images together. So like with Oh No, George, it's, um, you know, you, you, you're looking at the face of George. He's, he's being presented with the cake and oh, he's Don't eat the thing. cake. And then you turn the page and, you know, what what is he going to do? And, <laughs> oh, no. The drama of the page turn, it's kind of, you know, the expectation and then, no. I love that also because your your moment is sort of the drama of the page turn, isn't it? It's sort of like you're trucking along, doing your work at your animation studio, da 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 then you go in one day and it's like, oh no, George, you know, he's, been, yeah, you he's know. been fired. But that's it. That's, like, that's a, it's such a formative moment for you and you managed to turn it into this career. So in this in this life where you didn't have the page turn and you didn't have your oh no moment, um, you're kind of progressing in your career and you're you're making a lot and uh, and then you go off and you you set up your own studio um, and I think we're, we've kind of moved forward in time. Surely I think we're sort of maybe we're I don't know what maybe 2010 maybe 2012 15. Yeah yeah. Um, <clears throat> we're somewhere we're somewhere in the past decade let's say. 
Um, and how does it go? How's your studio going? Yeah, um, I, it's gone great. I, I'm, I'm making <laughs> lots of. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> are you still um, living? Are you still living off Broadway Market? It was only a few years that I was struggling, um, sort of financially as a as an illustrator. After about three years, um, I was actually doing pretty okay. And, and actually, I'm I'd moved in in the real world. I'd moved um from like a very like it's a, a shared uh student like factory unit to one that's um was kind of just my own um thing or well, myself and my partner at the time and so it, it was um we were still in the chaos of region studios but uh could actually close the door on some of it <laughs> that feels big that feels significant <laughs> yeah so in your in your um in your unlived life when you're running your agency um or your studio which i don't know why i can't keep them straight when you're running your studio um do you still have the same partner yeah well i never would have met that partner actually because that came from a uh a very long backpacking trip but in my real life i i was just like because i could work um from anywhere i was sort of doing that so i was just backpacking around and um having a, a great time really like just um i i i really love india i met my ex partner in india she she was actually writing a book on uh, a sort of travel guide book to, to India it was really okay. handy <laughs> so you know per- perfect what a convenient uh... mate you found for yourself <laughs> yeah. just will never be lost again that was great and that that was a great trip then yeah we, we were together for um like six or seven years and so yeah I I mean I don't know what what I would have done in my other unlived life I I guess a lot of my friends are still, you know, the animators. I probably would have met another animator. Then that would have completely embedded me in in the animation world. First of all, if I started quitting my my illustration work, and yeah. you know, then met, um, fell in love with uh, like a, a, a animator. You know, th- then I would be in that world, and there's kind of um, there's almost there's no way out, e- even if I kind of wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like this idea that you had to be like really. It feels very all or nothing. It's like I'm, I'm just this is it. I can't have any escape routes. What I really didn't like about having a job was, you know, you, you know, having just um, a few weeks off a year. I, I, like that to mm. me was just almost impossible. Uh, like I just love traveling and and having that freedom and and. Uh, all of my adult life up until then, I, I spent like quite a lot of it just traveling and, and working abroad. And um, I just l- love that. So but in your unlived life, you're your own boss. So do you, do you manage oh, that? Yeah, yeah. So so then, yeah, I, I that probably would have put me under pressure to um, set up my own studio and, and then probably do a little bit of of that traveling around. But w- with an animation studio, you really need to be more you know ha- have your own studio and you know because you're working with them you kind of need to have the people around you and but I, I i would definitely take the opportunity to um you know if, if a project is finished then we go okay you know we can go away and and um it gives the opportunity to if you go away for a long time you can kind of just think of you know bring a sketchbook and be thinking of uh you know what's next that's where the ideas come from isn't it it's the 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 stepping away the kind of putting the pen down whatever it is do you take on like do you hire more people and what are you making yeah i'd say i i would imagine i very much keep it kind of s- small um and you know it would just be sort of me and maybe a uh like a collaborator who I collaborate with, say sort of a partner who can do some of the animation stuff. And we would kind of figure out that together. And then whenever we get a big job in, we would hire in different animators and get them all working. And then. Right. You sort of um, assemble the A team for every, every project. 
Yeah, yeah. And, you know, different people for different jobs and, 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 and keep the jobs quite, um, quite varied. Yeah. And how's the animator um, girlfriend? The wonderful animator girlfriend who yeah. I never met. How oh. are you guys doing? She's, yeah, it's great. It's so hard to say. Yeah, like, I suppose if I'd met someone through that sort of office sort of environment rather than meeting them in a cafe in India, they'd probably have a bit more, well, we'd both have a bit more structure to our lives. We might sort of like want to settle down or or be a bit more stable. Um, so maybe that that could be could be a, a quite different thing, you know. Um, we don't have children. Um, currently, you here. and your current Cur- partner. Currently, yeah. I suppose, yeah. Like, it, it. If I had a more stable sort of job, like this is what we're doing every day, you know, there's a sort of routine or, or whatever. It that would be more conducive to to sort of settling down, I suppose. And is um, that what it feels like? And if this is too personal, you don't have to answer. But in your current life with your current partner, is that what it feels like? Like things are just a bit too no, well, hectic? We, we, no, no, no. They're not hectic at all. They don't it, seem it, hectic. No, no. Um, well, we're both. Um, my partner, Daishu, is also an author illustrator. And um, we just really enjoy doing our work kind of like reluctant to change to to start pulling apart those threads or whatever you know it would be it would be a massive change i mean to to have children and um it would they do, it, they it, do it, have it, a way it, of disrupting things it it does make me very nervous yeah like and yeah dice you too so in your other life you're saying maybe maybe you go the more you've basically you've constructed a life for yourself that is sort of simultaneously autonomous in the way that you like but also um a little more sort of um what's the word sort of singularly focused right so in your life now it feels like there's you know you have all of these different strings to your bow and all these different things that you do um but this one you've you've got your agency it's one thing you've got your partner you guys have a house maybe you have a child yeah you know partially the reason you know we're not so settle down is because you know there's all these exciting things to be doing and 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 whatever and it would you know um going to festivals going to um doing new books and uh and there's all that going on but like if you're surrounded like i think if you're surrounded by other people who are um sort of settled and you know this is and, and you're doing that every day then i think you know, your mindset might change. Of course. And, it does, then, it does happen though, doesn't it? That you, it, it's, it completely depends on who you're surrounded by when you sort of, um, I know I, I started to feel like I hadn't quite realized I had done it, but when I got married and sort of moved into our house in our neighborhood, um, which was on a street where all the houses looked quite similar and all of the families were completely wonderful, but all did roughly the same kind of job and, and had roughly the same number of children. And at some point in their lives, you know, all extended their lofts or kind of redid their kitchens or whatever. There was this sort of pattern that everybody, everybody does the same thing. And then all of a sudden you're the person at the party talking about your loft extension. And, um, then when I got divorced and, and everything got sort of shaken up, it was suddenly, I just kind of went, I don't even, I don't even know if that was sort of what I was into, you know. It's sort I of, know. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, you end up sort of becoming the product of who you're around, which I mean, and we we were talking about this before. Um, I, yeah, I read this book called um, I Am a Strange Loop. Um, yeah. And it's kind of about consciousness and kind of just the. Um, it's kind of a paradox. Basically, it's in impossible to sort of break apart we just don't know what it is and it seems to be this sort of this loop that everything is just fed into you and 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 you think you're making the 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 decisions and and you know you have some autonomy uh but actually it's quite likely (laughs) that's kind of just an illusion but like when you start to break it apart you're kind of it's it's kind of unnerving where you're like wow yeah i mean it's quite likely i we don't have 
free will and whatever and 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 all of this thing of me you know doing you know this is it's your entire identity is <laughs> you chose to do these things but exactly did you really choose you know is it just the way you were brought up and all the interactions that you've had and um the combination of those two things and your genes and everything that you know there was no, no choice you could make really uh See, um, there's a there's a sort of sense of inevitability to these choices. It is kind of arbitrary whether you, well, I guess for you, it was either somebody chose to fire you or they chose not to fire you. Yeah. And you ended up running a studio, not an agency, a studio with a nice yeah. animator partner and a nice home and a nice child. Maybe we can kind of end on this sort of larger question of sort of what makes someone an artist, right? And for you, it was being propelled by circumstance. And it turns out the complete rational fear of a CV, you know, and that's what that's what turns you into an artist, essentially. Yeah, right? just really not wanting a, a, um, that job. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that it's not even not wanting the job. It's literally not wanting to write your CV, which yeah. is a horrendous exercise that nobody likes. Yeah, I just, even the thought of it, just, oh, no, you know, a, a lot of parents um, ask me, you know, oh, my um, child really loves drawing. And, and you know, what, what would you advise? And, and um, how did you, you know, get to become an artist or whatever? And mm. it's it's a really difficult thing, like, because um, I think if you've got the enthusiasm and the... Um, just there's it's so much fun to draw then Mm -hmm. that's all you need because you will just love it and then you'll you'll draw with you know and you'll spend more time drawing and then you'll get better and then you'll get encouraged i i've been thinking about this for one of the things that i loved doing was just it was almost like each thing was like a magic trick like so you would um you know, when I was young or whatever, I realized, oh, yeah, if you do a little line underneath your drawing, that looks like a shadow. And you're like, oh, look at that. And so then I would be doing this is my <laughs> wow, yeah. look, it's <laughs> it's like a miracle. Chris, look, Chris <laughs> is now drawing in the air. <laughs> it's um, very good. Yeah, it's a very good shadow there. Um, and then other things like shading, do shading. Um, mm. And that, that makes it look 3D. And wow, I can do if you leave a little bit of white over here, then it looks shiny. You go through these like phases of of just sort of they're like little visual tricks, and and I think it's literally um, what has kept me going and, and and what I'm doing all the time is is just a, another new sort of visual trick. I think you have to kind of be be sort of driven by that rather than sort of any sort of too much competitive Mm. i think that i think that would sink you're describing a real kind of curiosity and delight in the process which feels yeah and you're you're unsinkable then because you just love doing it and you know you see someone who's better better than you and you're like oh wow and they're able to do that i wonder you know i wonder if i can do that you can just get obsessed with these sort of um fun tricks and go on forever like mm. literally go on forever. There's nothing that will ever stop you having fun because there's always something new or a combination of, of things new. I, I can't imagine ever retiring. I just, I, I, I would never do that. I, I just, I love doing what I do and, and I'm very, very grateful that I can do it. And Everybody is very grateful to you for everything you create. And I think we can all be grateful to AKA for firing you um, because without, without that, it, we just wouldn't have your amazing books. So um, just thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank them. And um, they are lovely. Yeah. Uh, Chris, thank you so much. This has been such a joy to talk to you. My pleasure, Miriam. Yeah. Um, I, I look forward to the, the, the new ones in the series as well. Thank you very much. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye. At the start of our conversation, Chris said that he was happy with his life as it was and that he wasn't sure he wanted to know what would happen if, as he said, he started to pull it all apart. 
I think that's a concern so many of us have with our unlived lives, that if we look too closely or even at all at paths we didn't take, we might find our existing lives lacking or unearth some long buried discontent we'd packed away. I actually think this is rarely the case and that more often our unlived lives can illuminate something about ourselves that perhaps we'd forgotten or just allow us to breathe a little air into a path we'd previously sealed off. In Chris's case, he lived out a path that was possibly a step more conventional and predictable, but also clearly full of passion, fulfillment, and joy. And not unlike his illustration career, once he started his own animation studio, his life was very much guided by his vision and no one else's. Chris's paths might have felt like completely different worlds, but when we got down to it, I don't think they were so far apart after all.